Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's it, $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994, many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com, and if you want to join all you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written published article, Who Was at the Helm? 
from 1965. It's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage Show from 324.94, the earliest show in the archive, 324.94. My interview with Donald Trump from 110.2011. 110.2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump. Much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar, and you get a better buzz with, with the Savage Premium. So go to, go to glow.fm slash Savage Premium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. The title of today's podcast is How the Radical Left destroyed faith in America. Now, why am I doing this for you? Well, after the State of the uh, Union, meaning the hate of the Union speech by Biden, the pathological liar, I thought you would want to go back in time and listen to how violence, debauchery, and paganism, which now pervades our media and culture, which is all tied into the ongoing American communist revolution or the so-called countercultural movement, along with drugs, has caused not only the degradation of the West, but the degradation of our religious leanings. I'd like you to hear how I describe the ideology of Darwin, Freud, and Marx yielded the death of God in the 20th century. And also I explain how we're facing the consequences of these new doctrines. I also share with you my meditations on belief, the glimpses of God in our lives, and how the First Amendment was intended to protect your right to worship not to separate you from God, but to bring you closer to God and how God is the center of our spiritual wheel. Please enjoy this and share it with 10 other people. Thank you for listening to the Michael Savage Podcast. Many of you think that faith is a prison. God is a prison and you want to be free. The opposite is true. I know it sounds counterintuitive. You go to a rave and take ecstasy, you think you're free. Get back to me the next day. So, no, it doesn't lead to freedom. It, 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 your freedom is slavery. Now, am I a religious person? No, I'm as entrapped as you are in searching for, for freedom. But why did God create the world? What is man's role in creation? Does God really intervene in our lives, and how much? And what about science? What is the relationship between God and science? Wow, that's pretty good. I'll talk about all of that in a while. But I want to talk about faith and freedom itself. And um, I'll begin with, again, a biblical quote, Jeremiah 2.20. The Old Testament is, if you only want to look upon it as poetry, go ahead. But remember, the Old Testament of the Jewish Bible, the five books of Moses, is the foundation of Christianity and of Islam. Never forget that. So Jeremiah 2.20 writes, it is written, for of old time I have broken thy yoke and burst thy bands, and thou sayest, I will not transgress? Upon every high hill and under every leafy tree thou didst recline, playing the harlot. So think about that one. So Jeremiah was really pissed off because he was saying even in ancient times the Israelites wanted to break the yoke of God's word. And they said, oh, I won't transgress. I'll be a good, a good Jew. I'll follow God's will. And then he says, yeah, but on every hill and under every tree you played the harlot, the whore. That's what Jeremiah said. Have things changed? Years ago on the radio show, 
a caller compared me to an Old Testament prophet warning people about the dangers of liberalism. And once it was uh, after I'd done a show segment on the wonderful movie Hacksaw Ridge, the hero Desmond Doss drew courage from the Bible and eventually earned the Congressional Medal of Honor without firing a shot. But the caller's point was that everything I had done up to that point in my life, my books, I had been writing like an Old Testament prophet. And eventually, with my book, Trump's War, I played the role of John the Baptist, who said, he must become greater while I decrease. That's what the caller said. And he was referring to the many times I had Donald Trump on my show, introducing the man who would bring my message of borders, language, and culture to an even wider audience that I already had. It was a very interesting insight. But again, I don't want to get too political because many of you say, oh, I don't want to hear anything about Donald Trump. But I said at the beginning, God does not do the heavy lifting for us. It is up to us to find our connection to God and to do his will here. I truly believe that my lifelong fight for our borders, language, and culture is part of my mission here on earth. And as I said many times, it's indisputable that I helped change the course of human history in America. Unfortunately, right now, everything that we believe in is being undone by the evil leftist Biden administration. It's equally indisputable that as imperfect as the Trump administration was, he represented the only chance we had to restore a free, just, and godly nation given the crossroads we were at. But again, I'm going to go away from politics for a minute. What is my role now that Trump has been defeated? What is my role now that we are again wandering in the desert as the Biden gang is destroying everything good about America? What does it mean? Well, the election means everything. This very slim majority, some would say stolen, some would say won, doesn't matter. Was it really a mandate to melt down our borders, to turn this into an atheistic nation? No, I don't think so. Not at all. But I will tell you this. I think that many of us feel like we're back in bondage in Egypt under Biden. It's not a bad analogy. But remember, even the ancient Israelites didn't go directly from Egypt to the promised land. Not only did they have to wander for 40 years in the desert before reaching Canaan, they had to conquer the promised land before taking possession of it. <clears throat> conquer the promised land. Now, that 40 years of wandering for the Jews wasn't just bad luck. In Exodus, God makes the Israelites wander in the desert because of their infidelity to him and their decision to do evil in his sight. What a great metaphor for where we are today. Yes, we lost an election. And yes, we thought we had saved the nation from irreparable ruin after Obama. But unfortunately, Donald Trump took many wrong turns, as when he allowed the neocons to manipulate him into bombing Syria based on hearsay evidence of Assad gassing his own people, right? So where are we today? Where are the great victories of yesterday? Where are they? I don't know where they are. I don't know where we're going to be tomorrow. But I know this, that without patriotism, there's no nation. Without borders, there's no nation. Without a common language, there's no nation. Without a common culture, there is no nation. I'm always asking myself, what's ahead? Where should I go? I don't have an answer to that right now. I do not have an answer to that right now. Sometimes I wake up and feel I've done my job. Some mornings I wake up and feel like a salmon that has swum upstream and it's over that I've done the biggest thing I could possibly have done in my life and there's nothing left for me to do. But then I remember Moses 
who spent the rest of his life trying to get his people to the promised land after he had freed them from bondage in Egypt. And I know there is still a lot of work to be done to save our nation. Let us never forget that elections have consequences, very, very deep consequences. What happened after the last election? We were stabbed in the back by Mitch McConnell. That's right, stabbed in the back by Mitch McConnell. He's done it over and over again. Again, I don't want to get too political. I didn't expect to be invited into the Garden of Eden after Donald Trump won. I didn't expect that at all. I've been wandering the desert all my life. I don't want all of you to understand how important it is that we keep believing in the future of America and that our battle has just begun. Our battle has just begun because you may not realize it, but it was God's will that Donald Trump lost and that this horrible anti-American administration won and melted down our borders, spit on our language, and has st stamped on our flag. Maybe that's God's will. Maybe God is punishing us. Ezekiel eleven seventeen writes, I will even gather you from the peoples and assemble you out of the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. What does that mean? God has given us everything we need to do the right thing. He gave us the ability to reason. He gave us dominion over an entire planet. He gave us an innate sense of right and wrong. But he's not going to wave his hand and make everything right after we here on earth have screwed it up. We're going to have to do it ourselves. Just as I am going to continue to do what I have done for three decades, or almost four now, which is why I'm still doing podcasts. You understand what I'm saying to you? I'm still doing what I have to do. And I'm going to speak up when I feel it's necessary. I'm a true supporter of the right thing and the right way. Michael Savage, a host like no other. I have found the business of religion turns me off more than on. Of course, you could argue that the business of religion is what keeps the whole structure going. Whatever you want to do is fine. But when I see that Catholic Charities is behind flooding America with illegal aliens, I'm sorry. I can't get too involved with religion. But the fact is, is that there are people on earth who worship God. Not a God, but God. And the majority of people on the earth are Christians. Over 31% of the world's population are Christians. Next are Muslims at 24%. Jewish people make up 0.1% of the number of people on earth who are religious. 0.1%. So Christians are over 2.3 billion. Muslims are over 1.8 billion. And then, of course, you have to remember this. Christians, Muslims, and Jews all worship the same God. Monotheistic religions, Christianity, Islam, Jewishness, okay, all worship the same God. They're called monotheistic religions. And we're not going to talk about religion for a minute. We're going to get into spirit. But what about the one billion Hindus and the half a billion Buddhists, those almost half a billion who are practicing folk religions around the world? But what about many of you who have no religion but still believe in God, unaffiliated, over a billion of us, a billion people? Over a billion people have no religion and yet they worship some God. So, again, I worship a God I've never seen. I'm not alone. Christians, Jews, and Muslims worship a God we have never seen. Isn't that interesting? We worship a God we have never seen. 
Very interesting, isn't it? But what does it have to do with anything else? Do you need God? Do you need religion? Well, I never saw God, nor do I pretend to be a guru. I have no special insights. I've seen snapshots of God. When I watch a bird fly in the sky, I see God. When I see a puppy play with a rag, I see God. When I see the glint in the eye of an infant, I see God. I see God in many places. And the fact of the matter is we all have. We all have glimpses of God. And many of us accept it and live with it. And many of us don't. So again, I'm not here to sell a religion. I don't care whether you are religious or not religious, but I don't believe that there are any people out there who can get through all of their lives without at some point saying, oh my God. What do you mean by oh my God? What do you mean my God? It's not your God. Now, I know many people who are not religious who say, you know, it's terrible. We were once a great Christian nation and the churches are empty and the mosques are filling up. These type of people always want someone else to go to the church in their neighborhood. People who don't go to church don't really believe in God. They want someone to believe for them. They cry in America, oh, why are the churches empty? And you say to them, well, why don't you go? They aren't religious, but they want the other people to go there. They lament the fact that churches are emptying out and mosques are filling up. You are the other people, right? So, as I've said many years ago, we've gone from St. Christopher medals in our cars to dream catchers in one generation, right? Well, I don't know. I, <laughs> I never had a dream catcher and I never had a St. Christopher medal or a St. Christopher statue in my car. But suddenly we've woken up in America and things are changing. None of us lasts forever. No nation lasts forever. I wonder if religion will last forever. We know that some religions are diminishing and some religions are increasing. Again, I want to repeat once again in case you missed it. And I don't know whether you believe in something or not. You see Easter's coming up, Passover's coming up, and you say, oh, yeah, well, my mother or my father or my grandparents were really into that. And you believe in what? Yourself? Who do you worship? You worship your abs? What do you worship? Does a man have to worship something to get through life? I think most people do have to submit to something. So... <sighs> Christians, Christianity, Christians in Europe are dying faster than they're being born. Did you know that? Even though Christianity is the number one religion on earth in terms of population, uh, Christians in Europe are dying faster than they're being born. Which religion is growing? Well, of course, Islam. They're dying off in Christianity and they're birthing in Islam. Muslims have the largest birth rate in Europe, probably the same in America. So what does that pro, what does that mean for you? Well, well, all you got to do is look around the world. You'll figure it out pretty quickly. Muslims experience the greatest natural increase among all religious groups, including Christians. Births to Muslims greatly outnumbered deaths by over 200 million people. But globally, all major groups had more births than deaths. Now, look. Not all babies will remain in the religion of their mother, of course. It's very common for adults to leave their childhood religion and switch to another faith, especially here in the United States, which has almost no roots anymore. The churches are emptying out. So how many lapsed Catholics have become 
whatever. Oh, I'm a Buddhist, they say. They don't even know what Buddhism means, most of them. Or they think that means putting their hands together and asking for a napkin in a Chinese restaurant. I can't speak for the next person. I can only speak for myself. And again, I don't want to make this a course on religion. I don't want to make this a proselytizing um, podcast about religion. All I can say to you is this. None of us lasts forever. I don't care who you are, how cynical you are, how smart you are, how strong you are. There's an hourglass. You turn an hourglass upside down and you watch the sand trickle through. Now, for many of us, there's more sand on the bottom than there is on the top. And there was a time in our lives when there was more sand on the top than on the bottom. And when there's more sand on the top of the hourglass than on the bottom, you figure you have plenty of time to do everything and to figure things out. Well, all I can say to you is this. When you're down and out, who do you turn to? Many of you turn to alcohol or drugs. That's not going to get you anywhere. It only makes it worse. Now, I'm not a religious person. I'm a spiritual person. And the fact of the matter is, I'm not here to sell you on anything. I certainly do not believe that only one religion can lead us to God. Many years ago, I had the opportunity to interview a great defender of Christianity, a religious leader named Jerry Falwell. He was very big when Reagan was president. He's since passed on. And I asked him several questions, and he and I had an argument. And I said to him, Reverend, what does the crucifixion mean? I said to him, to me it means if you crucify others, you crucify yourself. Does that analysis hold any water with you? I said to Reverend Jerry Falwell. Reverend Falwell answered me and said, that certainly can be an interpretation, but the ultimate meaning of the cross is that God so loved the world and everyone in it, black, white, red, yellow, Jew, Gentile, rich, poor, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Christ, to die on that cross to pay our sin debt in full forever. And only perfect God, perfect man in one person could do that. That's what Jerry Falwell said. Now, here's the part I didn't understand and still don't understand. How could Jesus die for all man's sins for all time when such evil still exists? Does that exonerate them? Does that exonerate a child rapist? Right? Does that exonerate personal res responsibility? Does that take away our needs as an individual to be responsible for our own behavior? I think that um, in each of us, we have to seek out God and do his work one way or the other. And it doesn't mean you have to do it through a religion. You can. But you can also do it without going to a formal house of worship. I think every one of us must atone for our own sins. It makes no sense to me, and I'm not trying to be uh, anti-religious here. It makes no sense to me that Jesus would have done anything to atone for the sins of a murderer who killed a child yesterday. So Reverend Falwell, when I said that to him, replied, because first of all, he is the son of God and God the son, perfect man, perfect God. Theologians refer to him as the God man. And because he is the God man, he was able to take it upon himself. Only God could do that, he said, in that efficacious way. The sins of everyone from Adam to the last person that shall ever be born upon this earth, past, present, future. When he said it is finished on the cross, it meant just that. I paid the debt in full. I've satisfied my heavenly father. My blood is shed. I've risen now from the dead, alive forevermore. And all who trust me shall have everlasting life. The death of Christ is sufficient to save all men everywhere. It is sufficient to save 
only those who believe and receive him, unquote. That was Jerry Falwell on my radio show many years ago. But for me, that begged another big question, which is this. Can a non-Christian be saved? This was a big question. Can a non-Christian be saved? I asked myself and I asked him. I said, what if someone is not a murderer, is not a rapist, in fact, lives an exemplary life, but is not a Christian? What if Mother Teresa had lived a life identical to the one she lived but had been a Buddhist? Would she be saved? What about a Jewish man who reads the Bible every day, attends the synagogue, loves his fellow man, and avoids sin as well as the best of Christians? Can that Jewish man be saved? Jerry Falwell answered according to his faith and his convictions. He quoted the Bible saying this. He said to me, He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. But the wrath of God abides upon him. One must receive Christ. He said, that's not anti-Semitic. It's not anti-Gentile. There are many Baptists who have not received Christ. They may be church members and have been baptized, but have never personally received the atonement. He went on, Christ's death, burial, resurrection for our sins as Lord and Savior, he said. Hmm. Now, I was not completely satisfied with that answer. But people of goodwill can disagree on these matters. That was the real reason for the First Amendment here in America. It wasn't to ban God from the public square. That's a liberal perversion of the First Amendment. Let me repeat that. The First Amendment was written not to ban God from the public square. That's a liberal perversion of the First Amendment. The First Amendment sought to protect every individual's right to believe and worship as he or she saw fit. The Founding Fathers believed that because no one can know the answers to these ultimate questions, every individual has an inalienable right to decide for himself what the answers are. That's our freedom here in America. We can't be forced to go against our beliefs by a national religion. That's what the First Amendment and the inalienable right of conscience it protects really means. Good people of any faith should be respected, in my opinion. We cannot dismiss the billions of people on earth who are not Christian. What about the Native Americans who do not even believe in an all-powerful God? Should we say all of them are pagans, not worthy of salvation if they do not convert to Christianity? Absolutely not. For me, I see God as the center of a spiritual wheel, with all the spokes being the many religions and beliefs that lead us to God. And I will quote Jeremiah from the Old Testament 422 where he said, for my people is foolish, they know me not. They are sottish children, and they have no understanding. They are wise to do evil, but to do good they have no knowledge. That's from the Jewish religion, the Old Testament. Many of you listening to this podcast came from a religious background to a certain extent. Uh, there's not a person listening to this podcast right now who did not come from a religious background going back two generations or three at the most. And so there's a, a, a remnant shadow of this religion in all of us. That's why you're listening to this at all. The reason you're listening to Michael Savage right now on God, Faith, and Reason is because there's a shadow of a religion still left in even the most atheistic amongst you. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. It seems to me many people don't believe in anything anymore. Why? COVID, COVID lockdowns, the war in Ukraine. They don't know what to believe in. Does anyone really know why these things are happening? We can blame this one. We can blame that one. 
can blame anybody you want, but meanwhile, the world's on the brink of a, a disaster. So many of you are losing faith, saying, where is God? I don't have an answer for you, okay? I'm not pretending to be someone who is a guru. I never pretended to be a guru. I never will be pretending to be a guru. Modern churches have become so woke, people don't even go to them anymore. They're focusing on good works, whatever that may mean, trans rights instead of belief and salvation, belief in God and salvation. I mean, the 20th century killed God in many ways. Darwin, Freud, Marx, Vatican II, secular humanism, the Unitarian Church. The 21st century brought us new gods, technology gurus, college indoctrination with new gods. We talk about rich people, bad, poor people, good. I talk about Christianity seems to be dying while Islam is growing, of all things on earth. I talk about my travels in the South Pacific, the spirituality of indigenous peoples. I talk about the Jewish religion, which is the hardest because it's so complicated to follow. I talk about the Garden of Eden. Can we attain it? God created one woman for one man. What was the land of Nod? how faith connects us to the power of the universe. Many people believe we're now living in a post-godly world. But you know, we still serve something. Some of us serve tabloids. Some serve Marxism. Some serve capitalism. They're still serving a sort of God. In 2003, a modern Marxist group called the Communist League wrote in a pamphlet entitled what is communism? And listen to what they wrote. When Marx and Engels began the process of transforming the Utopian League of the Just into the Communist League, the document they used for this work had the awful working title of Draft of a Communist Confession of Faith. Can you believe this? This document would itself go through a thorough revision and be circulated under the title Principles of Communism and then would serve as the basis for the Communist Manifesto they write. What they're saying is that Karl Marx obviously considered his manifesto a communist confession of faith. It was actually a declaration of belief and principle. And to Karl Marx, communism was akin to a new religion, a wholesale rebellion against God and natural law. So you have to understand that although Marxists claim they don't believe in God and a religion, they're practicing a religion and they're worshiping a new God, whether you know it or not. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and you'll learn something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.